Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Life is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Clifton on the backhand is... Arizona changes, Sabres find a seam right up the middle, that puck bounces, scores! Kyle Poser follows up on the play and buries it. Puck comes back to the point, shot by Clifton, there's a rebound! Robinson scores! Welcome to the Saberhood, Eric Robinson! With a puck down on the stick of Kyle Poser. Here's a shot, scores! Peyton Cruz! Feeds it through. Here's Paterka driving right down the middle. And a bad save. Puck comes back in front. They score. Vimelka made the first stop, but that puck comes back out in front in a hurry. Grabs in front. Looking for Benson. Couldn't tip that one in. There's a shot off the far wall. Rasmus Dahlin into the empty net. That's the one the Sabres needed. They're fifth of the night. They're up 5-2. to Sabres take a three-game point streak west now, and the Donkeys on duty are back. That's Donkey 43 over there. <laughs> I am uh, a donkey with no name or number. I'm Marty uh, the Goat, not Donkey 43. I'm okay. Marty the Goat. Can I borrow your number? I'll be Donkey 43. You're Marty the Goat. Uh, give me back my pocket square. Hey, it's right here. <laughs> it's right here. One and oh, and I borrowed Duffer's pocket oh, square. No. And we throw a flag and all the rest of the stupidity. What an interview, first of all, with uh, Dane and Josh pregame with the Bandits. And, uh, you know, we put them in tough situation asking them about the celebration. And Dane goes, if I could remember any of it, maybe I'd say I had the most fun. But that was awesome. Yeah, those guys are, uh, you know, it's, it's been really great as a lifelong lacrosse fan to just watch the evolution of the game and the commitment to the sport. Uh, from those at the highest level as they continue to strive to put the game in a better place that is more, you know, more broadly received yes. and seen um, by, you know, as many eyeballs as possible. And uh, obviously we expect a ton of them to be uh, focused on the banner raising for the bandits yeah. this Saturday when Buffalo will be completing game three of their road trip that night in Arizona. You know how people say to me all the time, Duffer, and you laugh, oh, you're a lot taller than we thought you were. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost said to Josh yesterday, wow, you're a lot skinnier than I thought you were. Because, like, lacrosse guys are supposed to be burly, like, tough. They, they, he's tall and thin, but mm-hmm. he's 
agile and he's explosive. Like, and Dane's a little bit more stockier upper body wise, right? So that's so when Josh sat next to me, he's got this very slim face and the whole thing. I'm like, I would have thought that you know, watching him on the on the on the court or on the field or whatever they call it, um, I would think that he was a little bit stockier but no that's that's probably why he's so agile he's got great hands and he's quick and he's got that you know that look to him the floor is what they call the floor it. yes on the floor and, and or the carpet if you prefer but nonetheless the bandits will have their moment again this saturday the sabers will be on how long of a point streak by the time the bandits next play Okay, I'll play along. I think uh you know, you watch Colorado play the last few games, they definitely have are there's some inconsistency in the game and they've had some really really weird, you know, games mm. going on with them coming back from two goal last night to win against Calgary and everything. I'm going to say the Sabres will at least get a point there and I wouldn't, you know, I would think they keep their winning streak here. They put it at two and three wins in the last four if if possible. I I would like to say they go into this this trip um Sabres after dark by the way and get a point in, at least a point in every game. I'm going to hmm. say they get at least a point in every game. Well, the Vegas uh, game always is interesting and it will be a daunting challenge for sure given Ve- Vegas's uh, place in the standings and just overall depth despite injuries, so not to mention who they're playing against. Which Are we going to see Yuri Patera against the Sabres uh, no, next time they play? No. He played the other night. I know. So, you know, it's, it's funny because... I just enjoy watching the other two so much. I know, but it <laughs> makes you think back to last year when they used four different goalies in four mm-hmm. different straight games to win, right? With uh, mm-hmm. Patera, Hill, Thompson... And uh, Laurent Brossois. So yeah. it wasn't even Jonathan Quick. That would be the 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 guy that maybe you would think, oh, Jonathan Quick was there. No, it wasn't even Quick. It was the other four that got straight wins. So the only reason we're talking uh, ahead at this moment is because of what happened last night, which was a running of the point streak to three straight games. 2-0-1, a whole bunch of shots on goal over the last three games, and largely driven by the Krebs line. Is that fair oh, to say? It's very fair to say. I mean, offensively, yeah. I mean, can they, you say it without dropping a few F-bombs like Don Granado did in his post-game address, where it was in the most complimentary manner that he was so impressed that that trio brought it every bleeping shift. Yes. So I, 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 I think it's important to single out that the way this line played is the way that the identity – a team can carve itself by having different layers, right? You can Not have the, the Thompson line. line. Was that? Not the fourth line, by Not the way. Not the fourth line. I still like to put, often I like to put Krebs and Oposo at the bottom of my sheet with whoever wingers there, just because that's the identity that I've always kind of assumed they would be. But, you know, sometimes you have a one, two, three, four. Sometimes you have a top six, bottom six. Uh, I feel like it's more that case with the Sabres, a top six, bottom six. Um, but the... Krebs, Oposo, and Robinson line can have their own identity. It doesn't have, they don't have to play like the Cousins line play, and they don't have to play like the Thompson line would play or Middlestat line would play. They can find their own identity, and I think that's what we're seeing now. They are producing in a different way that other lines on the team or even Rasmus Dahlin would produce. They're around the net. They are, their goals yesterday were from 
you know, what is it? Like crabs are from about 25 feet out, but everybody else, like the Robinson gold, the Apostle gold are from the crease. Mm -hmm. That's what you want to do. And more importantly, they had the puck in the offensive zone. When you want a line to keep the, the ball rolling. So your middle stats line is going to go and wow, they got, you know, offensive zone pressure. And then all of a sudden cousins, Paterka, Benson will go and they'll have offensive lines pressure. And then put the Krebs line out there and then they continue that. To me, that was important. Although there was a change in the lines halfway in the game where Thompson and Paterka got swapped, right? So it changed the top six a little bit, but I, I felt like their their whole game was exactly what you would want to see from a bottom six line that works hard and spends most of the night in the offensive zone. Yes, but it's also been happening with great regularity that we see Paterka with Middlestat and Skinner over the last week and a half. And yes. um, so that is a trend I would expect to continue. And I think it often brings the best out of JJ and those he plays with. The crazy part is that the line that JJ typically has been starting on um, is Cousins and Benson with him. I'm dumbfounded that we're sitting here still wondering when Dylan Cousins is going to break out. Like how many more prime wide open looks can this guy get and it's not just like these one-offs like if you're take it from Benson's perspective like yeah. it was now six games six games have passed since he had a multi-point game yet if you look at the nightly shots for shots against over this now six game window they're almost double the yeah. attempts for than what they have against and I I'm just i I don't even think they're necessarily, you know, misfiring or doing something obvious that is leading to a lack of production. I, I honestly can't explain it. They should be scoring more. Like, they should be scoring they should be, more. They should be building up this team's number that we've been trying to see them get to, which is four or more on a more regular basis. So yesterday, according to Money Puck, the number one producer on the Sabres when it comes to expected goals was Eric Robinson, right? And and because he was around the net yeah. and he got rebounds. And the second guy for the Sabres in expected goals was Zach Benson. Mm -hmm. So you're thinking, oh, like... He was around it. His shots and his shot attempts were quality shot attempts. They were good location. It's what you want to see. And then Dylan Cousins is fifth. Uh, you know, JJ Paterka obviously got a goal, so he's in there. But that to me, they Cousins had that breakaway, which you know, often he gets that puck right over the pad, right? And instead, mm -hmm. like, well, it's in the pad of the goalie. There's there's so many opportunities now for Dylan Cousins that don't go in the net, but you look at the possession time again. I'll draw. I'll go back to how much did the team possess the puck in the offensive zone, and who were the guys that had the puck in the offensive zone? I was a little surprised when I looked at that list this morning, Duffer, and I pulled some numbers. Yeah. Is that the number one player on the Sabers, even strength, offensive zone possession time, was Tage Thompson, and that's great because you know what? Despite the fact that is that five on five. Even strength, yeah. So Even five strength, on five, yeah. four on four, whatever it would be. It was Tage Thompson. Mm -hmm. So to me, like Tage has the puck on his stick a lot. He's not shooting quite as much as as he has before, but you know he's just coming back. And there's the hand, obviously, that he's got to adjust. But he's got the puck on his stick a ton. And it's in the offensive zone. So I think the production is going to come for Tage even more because he, the numbers are trending the right way. Then it's Owen Power. Number three, it's Eric Robinson. That's great. Like the newcomer is third in offensive zone possession time in a game. Mm -hmm. But you you look, Zach Benson is right there. Dylan Cousins is right there. 
Um, John JJ Paterka, funny on my list, it says John Paterka because mm -hmm. that's <laughs> you know, that's what it is. But it's his name, <laughs> JJ Paterka is right there. So that's what you want to see. It's spread to like on three lines right now. Your offensive zone possession time is spread on three lines. So you got three lines that are spending a ton of time with the puck in the offensive zone. It's what you want to see. Yeah, and it could have been four if Brett Murray scored on his breakaway. Beautiful backhand attempt, and uh, that would have been absolutely something. But uh, fun fact, the Sabres have won each of the last three games that Brett Murray has been in the lineup going back <laughs> two years ago where they won the last two times that he was up with them. So, um, again, like it's it's very clear based on the minutes played and the impact that they're having that the Krebs line is line number three right now. Yes. Um, I'm just not sure, you know, obviously it's a wait and see thing. How close is Alex Tuck? Um, you know, today, just for example, before they fly out for their three-game trip, which starts tomorrow night on TNT uh, in Colorado, you know, Thompson didn't skate, Oposo didn't skate, Samuelson not skating either. Um, and of course, he didn't play yesterday due to soreness and Ryan Johnson came in and you know, fared pretty well, as he often has. But really... There's probably not a ton of reason to maybe belabor that lack of production from the other trio at this yeah. point because it's likely to change significantly when Tuck returns, which could be as soon as tomorrow, right? It could be as soon as tomorrow, and then obviously now you're going to have some adjustment. Well, uh, I guess, be... let, pause. When, yeah. it, when Tuck comes back, are we going to see Thompson back in the middle and then... Having Middlestat and Cousins in the middle as Middlestat, well? Middlestat, Cousins, and Thompson, which is what it's supposed to be, isn't it? It's supposed to be. Um, I, I would suggest that with Greenway and Quinn in the lineup, that's what it would look like. Mm -hmm. Because you would have you wouldn't have a, a top six and a bottom six. I almost feel like you would have a top nine and a and a fourth line, kind of like in the defined roles and the way that it would look. Uh, because you would have a lot of players that could obviously provide offensively. And I'm not saying a fourth line or a bottom six trio can't provide offensively. We saw it last night with Krebs, Oposo, and Robinson. And and it's been for a few games now. Mm -hmm. But I I would want the Sabres to come back to full health with everybody available for one, two, three, Thompson, Cousins, Middle, Stat down the middle, or whichever way you would want to, you know, order they would be. Mm -hmm. um, I think you may see Tuck coming back and you I, I don't know that Thompson goes back to the middle right away. You may put I would Tuck, put him back in the middle with Benson ASAP. You would put Thompson back in the middle with Benson mm -hmm. and with Tuck on the right? No. Tuck can go up with Middlestad and Skinner. Okay. So mm -hmm. now that means that J.J. Paterka is moved to a different line and pushed down the line a little bit, which is he your could top say, goal He could scorer. stay with Thompson or he could go on the Cousins line. Yeah, I think you got an extra player that, that you know, to make up your top six. And if mm -hmm. it's – so the way that I look at it is, okay, if you want Thompson, Cousins, Middlestad down the middle, then all of a sudden I think whoever is – out of your top six is kind of an, an, an island because you're not breaking up Krebs, Robinson, Oposo. So Correct. that's not happening. So it, it would be a line of Brett Murray, Casey Middlestat, and Victor Olofsson or cousins with Murray and Olofsson. I feel like that is just a, you know, a mismatch of, of what you have left over. And so I would focus on keeping my, you still have to move one player out of the top six. So Correct. it's, 
and I'm not moving Zach Benson out of there. I don't, right. it's funny. You say that. I feel like I have a whiteboard right behind my screen and I'm like, who do I move out? Which magnet do I take like from the nameplate and I move out of the top six? It's fun, isn't it? I love it. Oh, I, I hate it, it because you're stumping me. And I, that's not, that's, I don't like to be stumped. Um, you know, so yeah, I don't think of it as stumped. Think of it can as you play uh, 11 and it is an ongoing conversation out loud for everybody to engage in. Can so. they go with 13 forwards and 5D and just <laughs> have like, no, no. <laughs> is that a configuration that has ever been used? No, but the configuration on one's jersey did have a double zero at one point. So I'm forced to ask the question, what is the value of a signed double zero Marty Baran eight by 10, which we saw on the concourse last night? It was asked right to uh, to the, the, the desk. What is the value of it? I can't put a value on it. Look, this picture was taken in January of 1996 at the Montreal Forum in a 7-6 Sabres win. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last of its kind at the Forum. Uh, last time I ever wore the double zero in a game, I never wore the double zero in a game after that. Uh, that was my last appearance in a game in the National Hockey League before I made it to the number 43. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it was the Seymour Knox last trip to Montreal. We yeah. documented that game. There's a lot of value added. It's not just because it's me on there. I think that has to be $100. <laughs> okay. Uh, another <laughs> random question here. Chris Baker joining us, by the way, at the bottom of the hour for yeah. prospects as uh, we'll dive in with the, well, honestly, um, the up and down nature and number of recalls that have happened between Buffalo and Rochester this year. So where's his evaluation at of the players that we have seen make that transition, the mm-hmm. upcoming World Juniors in Sweden at the end of the yes. month, and of course, uh, some of the other standout performers within the system. We'll dive into that at the bottom. Um one who starred at the world juniors once has been in goal for Buffalo the last three games. I I just have to ask the question though, how many more Huskies will score their first NHL goal on fellow Northeastern? Oh my gosh. Devin Levi. Now I, I I perused the avalanche roster today. Um, The good news is they don't have any. Well, Josh Manson got his first NHL goal a long time ago, but he is a Northeastern alum. So keep that in mind. Yes. But uh, yeah, as far as I can tell, and quite frankly, Lukanen was in a net by himself today at practice. So Devin may not get the game tomorrow anyway, but um, well, it, then it, let's it is look at the next two games, happened, right? either mm-hmm. Vegas or then it's Arizona again. And then, well, right. there's another, you, you get the same squad right in front of you. So yeah. yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, I mean, that's a silly little footnote, not silly for the two individuals in Struble yeah. and Kesserling that got their first NHL goals. But the bigger story is the consistent play of Devin Levi. So. Yes, no. And and it's, and it's yesterday, depending on what sites and what number and what data do you get, you get a okay game by Levi or a really, really solid game by Levi. I tend to lean on the solid game by Levi. I felt like the chances that Arizona was able to generate were quality chances. I thought he was good. Giving up two or less in, a, in an NHL game is the goal for a goalie, right? Like, yeah, you want to give up nothing, but that doesn't happen often. You want to give up one if you could, great. But two is the number. Anytime that you give up three or more, you're obviously putting your team at a disadvantage. Giving up two or less in this game was big for Levi. I thought he uh, he was again good. So now that's three straight starts that he was able to put together. 
He's uh, two zero and one in those, and the only one was a really a, a two two tie to the Montreal Canadiens that he lost in a shootout. So um, I feel like he was good. Now I understand Lukanen's back and going to practice as his own net at practice. We may see Lukanen against Colorado, which is fine. You don't have to say, oh, well, Levi is is getting points, so we got to run him out every game. No, I have a plan. I, I always say that. I have a plan. So you look at, you say, okay, let's get Lukanen in one game on Wednesday before possibly splitting over the weekend. And mm-hmm. that would assume, I would assume that it's going to be Levi and Lukanen splitting over the weekend, and then you move on to the week after. So you're projecting only one for Levi on the strip then? I would project only one for Levi on this trip, yeah. Unless Wednesday night really didn't go well. But then you also have Comrie in the fold, right? So if Wednesday didn't go well at all for Lukanen, then you would say, okay, well, maybe we have to consider giving Comrie a start when maybe it's Vegas or Arizona. But I would think this is a two-game for UPL and one game for Levi in this upcoming trip. Well, they uh, benefited, the goaltenders, uh, from... A little bit of an increase in offense of late, and especially last night when the empty netter made it a 5-2 Buffalo decision. The Sabres are 6-2 and two when scoring four or more this year. They're 12-4-1 when scoring three or more, which is obviously the more attainable goal on a nightly basis. But that number is still very small that they've only had four or more eight times this year. I think what yes. many would have expected greater. And I think we all know that uh, thankfully we're not uh, I'm, I'm only mentioning it because I feel like it at some point has to come up again. It was not a be-all, end-all scenario last night. The game was in good hands before Buffalo was afforded any power play opportunity. They ultimately closed the night 0 for 2, bringing them to 225 over the last eight games. So, again, could Tuck help that? Sure, he could. But Tuck has been in the lineup a lot this year when the power play still hasn't had the success they enjoyed in the first half of last year. So I do remember last year we talked about the amount of times they lost the game while scoring four goals, right? And it's, mm-hmm. this year it's only happened twice. Like yeah. So you're six and two in those eight games where you scored four or more. That is a, a step forward. You just have to well, be able to create. You'll take any number crunching that leads to a 750 winning percentage. Hundred percent. If you like, every time we score two, we win three out of four. Yeah. I'd say sign me up for that. But this yeah. is more like soccer numbers, hockey yeah. numbers, NHL numbers. Right now are three and four. That's mm-hmm. the goal. If you're a good defensive team, you need to get to three. If defensively you're a little, you know, middle of the road, lower end of the spectrum, you got to get four. That's what the Sabers. This season are trying to find out where are they? Are they, are we, a, we need to score four or more to get success or can we score three or more and limit the, uh, uh, you know, the, the output of the other team? That's what Don yeah. Granado talked about this morning right, with Jeremy and Joe on WGR. He said, you know what? Like we have to, the last few games, it's given us that. We, this is how we have to win games. And it's not just about scoring goals. Like we became a team that wanted to score goals. Now we have to be a team that wants to win games. And there's a difference in that. No, I want a team that wants to score a goal and win. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Games, but there's always a difference in, you know, playing loose to score goals or playing a little bit tighter, but mm-hmm. to win games. And the last few few outings here, they have been a team that wants to win games. Well, the disservice of the day uh, caused by us uh, now 22 minutes into the show is that we did not tip a cap early on to Connor Clifton. So what does one say about his game, which has now produced four assists in the last three and has him jumping in with great confidence all over the ice? He's not thinking. He's not thinking. He's executing. He's playing right now. I felt like what I was criticizing Connor Clifton of doing early in the year is hanging on to the puck too long. So many times he gets the puck, he's looking over his right shoulder, looking over the left, then he goes back right, goes back left, boom, he gets hit, gets the puck taken away from him, turnover, it's in the back of the net. And that's happened multiple times. Now, what do you see? He goes back, he has one look, and then the puck is gone. He has one look up the ice, that puck is up the ice. He looks to see if his partner's with him. If his partner is backing up, is backing him up, he takes off. He's he's not thinking. But I also feel that comes with playing on a new a team, that comes with playing with a new defense partner, with new teammates, is that for years you're used to, you have the puck, you look to your right, there's somebody, you give him the puck. Right now you're looking, oh, he's not where I thought he was going to be, so I'm going to hang on to it a little bit. So it took, you know, what, 29 games, well, maybe more, more like 20 to 25 games for Connor Clifton to get used to it. But I really like what we're seeing right now. Sabres are looking for young fans to be a part of the game experience on January 20th when the team takes on the Tampa Bay Lightning. It'll be Kids Takeover Day, which we've come to love on an annual basis. And that will include kids taking over roles of junior social media editor, junior reporter, and a lot more. So make your submission at sabres.com slash takeover. Chris Baker. Sabres Prospects, up next. Stay with us on Sabres Live. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. At Sabres Prospects on social, he is the man behind it all. He's Chris Baker. He is with us for a rather regular installment here on Sabres Live. Mm -hmm. Hi, Bakes. Happy holidays. How are you? Happy holidays indeed, and and tis the season of deliveries being made, so hopefully my dogs uh, stay sane in the next couple of minutes here while I spend it with you guys. We love dogs barking. On, we actually love all animals now. We like goats. We like donkeys. We like dogs. We like everything. Kangaroos. Yeah, kangaroos, well, you're right. Maybe next time I'm with you, we'll add a little bit to the assortment of pets that I have crawling behind me. But right now, it's just two dogs and a cat, and I, I really want them to behave. I'd really love okay. if there was a turtle crawling at some point. You yeah, the turtle like would be good. It's definitely our speed. Okay, when you look at Sabres and Amherst this year, players that have played for both, very quick, um, spontaneous answer from you here. I go through the list. Roseanne, Byro, Kulik, Rusek, Big Mur, who returned last night, Ryan Johnson, Devin Levi. 
when you hear all those names, has your opinion on any of them changed based on some of the opportunities they've had at the NHL level and or what they still are doing at the American League level? Uh, spontaneous. I'm happy to see Brandon Byro get some looks here because I think he's earned it over the body of work that he's done. I think there's confirmation with Ryan Johnson's game. I think a lot of the things that we thought about him as a player when he was at the University of Minnesota have come to light. He's, he has a pro look and he just plugs into a lineup. I think that there's confirmation there with his skating game and the credibility that it brings to the lineup. Overall, though, um, I liked Rosane getting a taste. The last time I was on with you two gentlemen, we talked about just get him a, just break off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he had seven games, limited minutes. I thought that Detroit game where he had five shots, I thought he, that Fantastic. was kind of a coming out for him, but it was also yep. enough, like stop there, send him back, let him process everything. And that's kind of what they did. So, I mean, he is so well-rounded and the last one I would say is just Devin Levi. Um, just impressive to see him go down with a good attitude. I know it was only two games, but the comeback and rebound in the way that he has, I thought it's really impressive. It speaks to his mental fortitude. He's not all the way there yet, obviously, but I liked how he came back and, and he's contributed to some victories here for the club. Did you like that the Sabres had to, well, had to, called up Brett Murray, but almost as a need, right? Like, okay, so now we have a top six, bottom six kind of defined, uh, and we need somebody that's going to play a little bit more heavier bottom six. And that's not Roseanne's style, really. He got some experience, but do you like that the Sabres are given opportunities, but also looking at a need now when it's time to call up because of, having to win games yeah the game conditions i think really and the need to get the bodies to the net that they've talked about quite a bit that led to the murray call up and he can certainly get there right six five and change excuse me but no i kind of like how they're using all these various tools that they have on the farm to kind of plug and play per the needs of where the team is currently at working around injuries that they have and also looking at their opponents too so um no that's a good call marty i think you know it's going to be interesting to see what murray can do with this time here that he has because this is a guy that wants to play and he's kind of that tweener right now he's a very good ahl competitor and we want to see what he can do consistently now making the most of its minutes when he's up at the big club so our friend lance uh reported today that um yuri kulik is going to be going to the world juniors and that'll be for a third time mm-hmm. um what is your initial reaction to this based on the fact that, um, you know, unlike some junior teams that get a little bit of a quieter schedule over the holidays, um, the Amherst have a ton of games <laughs> uh, over the Christmas period and into the new year. So um, what, what do we make of this? I think if they're the, my initial read on that is that if they're singularly looking at Yeri Kulik, they're focusing on human development over player development and they're putting the human development and leading a team. And, um, you know, on the ice, I don't think he has a lot to accomplish by playing at the under 20 level right now. Um, but I think they want him to get that experience of being the man in that environment and uh, where the intensity is going to be ratcheted up on a team that very much needs him. The Amherst, to your point, will be missing a big, huge piece to their lineup by missing him. And I think, again, that, that's my initial reaction, Duffer. They're putting the human development over the player development. They're putting the human development over the Amherst wins and losses for a month. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that Devin Levi said that when he went back to Northeastern, right? He said, I want to be leading my team. I want to have that pressure on my shoulders. And and I think the Sabres... I've always looked at it. Owen Power, same thing. I want to go back to Michigan because I want to compete for a national championship. I want that pressure. I think it's a way to build, uh, you know, the the culture internally, and and maybe that's the same uh, um, 
angle for uh, Yuri Kulik there. Uh, anybody else from the Amherst or, you know, World Juniors camps are opening. Uh, so we see names popping in and out on our Twitter, you know, feed and whatnot. So who should we keep an eye on when it comes to that tournament coming up? Yeah, I'll do a quick rundown here, but I'll spend a little extra time on two players. You know, we know that Matthew Savoy and Scott Ratzlaff, the goaltender from the Seattle Thunderbirds, they're yep. in camp presently up in Oakville uh, for Team Canada. Um, Norwin Panaka got invited. He's one of 28 skaters and 10 defensemen for Germany. I expect him to be there. Max Sturbach is going to play a leading role for the Slovaks. When you look at the host Swedes, Noah Oslin and Anton Wahlberg, they're going to be cemented there in the top six. Those are the two players that I wanted to give you a little bit of extra juice on because I think that they're going to be very important players. Oslin's going to be top-line centerman pending his health. He got injured in an SHL game in mid-November, and he's been battling a little bit of that upper body injury. But right now, all signs point to him being the number one center, likely playing on a line with Jonathan Lekiramaki, who's the leading under-20 goal scorer in the SHL presently. And Anton Wahlberg, the Sabre second-round pick from this past draft, made the team big body. He's been a second-line forward for his, his home club in the SHL, playing over 16 minutes a night. I just think that these two, they played together at the under 25 nations event last month. And I think Austin and Wahlberg could be another duo there, depending on how they use Liam Ogren. But overall, those two guys, um, they're, they're looking really good in their seasons. The, the thing I wanted to point out about Austin, again, they put him on the roster. It sounds like they're expecting to have him back for the tournament. Mm -hmm. I just cut up a game of his, the game before he got injured. He didn't score any points. He only had two shots on goal, but his play off the puck is he is a center, guys. He gets the full 200 feet of playing that position, supporting his D in front of the net. I just want to point that out because you can judge a player by looking at their, their goals and assists. That's not what it's all about with Oslin. He has such a mature game. Duffer, I was on with you a year ago recapping the 2023 World Junior. Oh, yeah. We were just, yeah, we were glowing over his play everywhere. Yes. And that's how it's going to be again this year that I think I said to you, I said the world, the hockey world's going to know who Noah Oslin is at the end of the 2024 world juniors. I still feel that way. Now you got to get him healthy. The full game is there though, guys. And I can't wait to share that clipped video. When you mentioned uh, Max Sturback, it leads down the path of, you know, future defensemen and their potential impact. Obviously we've, we've seen and talked a lot about Ryan Johnson and how he quickly transitioned, but Sevi Komarov, uh, after winning a Memorial Cup with Quebec, finds himself with Drummondville now. They're the top team in their division, so he has a potential long runway again this year. When you look at Komarov and Sturback and, I don't know, maybe even Mats Lindgren still in the, in the WHL as he's, you know, at least trending the right way from a points-per-game standpoint this season to, to a career high. Like, who are you super excited about in the, in the Sabres blue line future? I'm excited about Sturbach and Komarov only because I think they meet the requirements for what fans want to see from the future defensemen in terms of size and physicality and defense first in their own zone. Mm -hmm. Komarov adds a little bit of everything at the junior level, but I'm not expecting him to be a major, major point producer professionally. I think he's going to be one of those guys that really steadies the ship defensively in his own zone. I've watched a lot of Sturbach this year as a freshman at Michigan State. He's out there killing penalties. He doesn't try to do too much with the puck. He gets it and he moves it quickly. He's not skating it a lot, but in his own zone, he's down blocking shots. He's finishing his hits. He's not overly physical and he's not chasing the big hit, mm -hmm. but he's big and strong and he uses his body. I think defensive hockey is so important. Um, and, you know, we, we focus a lot on defensemen's mobility and, you know, how they can, you know, join the rush and everything else. But 
I don't want to say it's useless if they can't defend. Those are two guys that can really defend and they pay a price. And I get excited for that with those yeah. two. Cool. What about, um, and I know I'm, I'm kind of going away from the prospect here, but a name that we're going to keep talking about is Ryan Johnson and his impact with the Sabres and Matthias Samuelson can't go. So you know what? Let's put Ryan Johnson with Owen Power and that's fine because he can handle it. Oh, you know what? Somebody else can't go. Let's put him with Rasmus Dahlin and let's, wow, look at how well they play together. Um, are you excited when you see Ryan Johnson performing to that level from what we've seen the last few years and how the, 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 I don't want to call it a soap opera, but it was a long time to get him signed and to bring him on with the team. It's funny. We talked about it before he had signed the three of us. And we said, he should see the opportunity here in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And boy, is he getting it yeah. right very quickly. I thought maybe you'd see him after the new year. I didn't expect to see him this early and kind of functioning the way that he's been mm-hmm. when, you know, when Darlene was out, I think it was what, maybe the Boston game and they put, and that was the game that Samuelson and power were put together and they yeah. really kind of shouldered the load together. And you were talking about, okay, maybe you put Yoki Haru with Darlene when Darlene comes back, but what about Ryan Johnson? Cause mm-hmm. he's a guy, he can play with almost anybody in the lineup. Mm-hmm. He can probably play either side fluently. I think we've seen it a little bit already this year. I get excited for him just because he's so versatile. You know, I, yeah. we overuse the term Swiss army knife. I'm not going to say unicorn. Okay, okay, but we good, thank use you. the term Swiss Army knife a lot. That's Razor now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, he took but the he, Swiss Army knife right to the forehead, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, poor guy. But um, <laughs> but he really can play a lot of roles. And it's that's really encouraging because he's so young in his career. And I think the, the, the upside there is just boundless right now with Ryan Johnson. I don't want to oversell it. Yeah. But it's been really impressive what he's done to date. I don't know how much he's going to play. I think that's my concern right now. I just, you know, they they do seem very committed, as you would expect when you go out and bring in two veteran players and Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton. They seem very committed to playing them. And now it's hard to argue with how Clifton has just exploded here the last few games with, uh, you know, uh, undoubtedly the style of play that the Sabres saw in him all along. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I hope. Do you think they would send Johnson back or do you think they'll just keep him here all year? I think there's a benefit to sending him back. If there is a need to send him back to Rochester, it's almost like the other way you have to look at. It. I mean, cause yeah. Rochester's stacked also. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a huge benefit of keeping him up here. Like you could, you could argue Duffer that it's Connor Clifton kind of getting his act together and playing better coming off his suspension, a function of maybe Ryan Johnson being here, waiting in the wings to push him to play better. You could mm-hmm. argue that. So I think there's use there with creating that competition with the seven or eight guys that you have on the roster right now and juggling them. And whoever, whoever offers you the best lineup on any given night is who's going to play. Yeah. Ryan Johnson helps you keep the heat on each other, you know? Right. The Amherst Marty, as we talked briefly about last week, they do have two significant injuries on the back line right now with Prow and Metza who are going to be out for weeks. So obviously Johnson could walk right back into a, a, a very prime role there, but for now he's a saber and he's excelling. Yeah, and 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 just because now I opened the door back to Ryan Johnson, but I want to show myself back to the World Juniors. Uh, when you look at the prospect that the Sabers will have there, and everywhere from around the league, where do you put the Sabers in their prospect pool that we're going to be hearing at the World Juniors? You know, when we watch the games, they always say, "Oh, there's a lot of Sabers represented here. Or there's a lot of so and so represented." Like, are we? Putting the Sabres in the top five, 10 teams in the league right now in that aspect? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you're looking at probably seven guys that likely will play. That's pending Panaka making Germany. Um, yep. 
you know, and all these other. So I, you know, that's he's really the one that's in question. Besides Ratzlaff, you know, Ratzlaff is one of four goaltenders. They're going to bring three, and I can make an argument. I can see a pathway for him to make that, even if it's as a third, to mm-hmm. set him up for next year. Um, but if you look at the quality of ice time that Noah Austin's going to get as a one C for Sweden, Savoy theoretically, I mean, Savoy is two point one eight points per game right now, second overall in all of the CHL. Mm-hmm. He should be one of the prime offensive cogs for Canada. And uh, Wahlberg right up there also in Kulik. I mean, these are four guys that are going to play prominent roles on some pretty significant clubs. So I think that the it's not only the sheer numbers, the quantity of prospects that they're going to have at the World Juniors, but also the quality of the roles that those guys are going to be in. I think it sets up very well for Buffalo's future. Can Sweden win this tournament? Oh yeah, they can. They got they got everything, man. I mean, they lost. They always have everything. Yeah, yeah. but they lost Cali Odelius. Uh, it was a defenseman that I like. He busted his ankle about a month ago, and that's kind of a big hit for them. But otherwise, I think they're looking pretty good. You know, what? Even if no Leo Carlson, it doesn't matter. They're still pretty loaded. Yeah, but imagine if. Oh, I know. Wow. I know that kid has been. I mean, I know the Ducks are mired in a lot of losing right now, but uh, Carlson is is in fact as special as what draft night became when the eyebrows were raised when he went where he did. And yeah, it was, it, it's awesome. I just love seeing his story unfold. Who would you like to see more at the world juniors? Connor Bedard with team Canada or Leo Carlson with his uh, Sweden team? Oh man. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't, well, I'm a USA hockey guy. Okay. okay so so who like, would I pick? anything that damages Canada's chance, I'm okay. With. <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of like, here's the thing that group that Canada's in has Sweden and Finland in it. Um, there's going to be some intensity in that group, but with Sweden playing it on home ice, it's in Gothenburg, Sweden, the tournament this year, I'm, I'm all for seeing Sweden have a good tournament. And I just like the way they play. I think I like a lot of the players individually on that team. I'd like, I'd like to see them have a good tournament. I, I'm kidding about Canada, obviously. I mean, yeah. having Conor Bedard, <laughs> I, somewhat, I mean, you know, I have a lot of fans in Canada that follow the prospects. I want to be nice to them, but I mean, I'm a USA <laughs> hockey honk and I, I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, you know, Sweden, USA in a, in a key metal game. That'd be really cool. I'll say this about Gothenburg, Sweden, the loudest glass in the world. Like when a shot hits the glass, you will, whoa, what's going on here through your headset, right? Because it, if, unless they change it, but we went there with the Rangers, played a preseason game against Forlenda. It oh, was yeah. Lundqvist against Lundqvist. The crowd was going nuts. And the morning skate, I couldn't, like the, Puck hit the glass behind me and it, it made me like jump. I was like, what was that? Like, it's the glass. I thought somebody like broke the glass behind me. That's how bad who, it was. Who was the yeah. Alexei Zhitnik of your team at that time? Oh, back then, uh, uh maybe Michael Delzato. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, just that, like that would to, make sense. He like to shoot it hard and miss the net a lot. Tired out those arms. Say, then he needed the, a massage. Yeah. Hit the darn net, DZ. Yeah, that, that happened a few times. <laughs> All right, Banks. Great stuff. We'll see you soon. Best of the season. Thanks, gentlemen. Take care. Chris Baker, Sabres prospects on social and uh, looking forward to a lot of the breakdowns of Sabre players, which will soon be appearing in the upcoming World Junior Championships. We'll wrap Sabres live after this. Casinos. Nothing else comes close. I remember getting to 500 games and thinking about playing 500 more and just the daunting task of, of trying to do something like that. Then, you know, you hit 600 and then you hit 7 and 8 and 9 and it's like, wow, like where did that time go? From score! Sam Oposo goes to the net! 
I like when he scores goals. Far circle, one timer scores! What a shot from Kyle Posner! I'm just so proud of him. I just never thought we'd be still here celebrating having four kids and him being healthy. It's like I never would have pictured it. I'm trying to find my kids. I don't know where they are. They're looking for my kids. There they are. What do you think? He's like really caring and thoughtful, and he's like the best dad ever. Make sure your notifications are on so you can see Sabres Embedded when it debuts later today. All about Kyle Opozo and his, you know, his journey really towards 1,000 games in the NHL and the special nature of that night, which included so much of his family. So, uh, fill in the blank. Yes. Sabres Embedded will leave you feeling blank. Oh, full-hearted. I think it's the personal <laughs> touch that is going to make this one very special. And knowing uh, Kyle and his family, uh, it's go- just the kids, the way they speak, it's just, it's it's really heartwarming to hear. Uh, Rob Ray is making the trip with the Sabres West. He's listed as day-to-day by Coach Don Granado. Um, blank is your reaction to that. Uh, not surprised is my reaction to that, although... Five stitches. Five stitches is what it took to fix Rob Ray after he took that puck to the face the other day, um, last night, and uh, he's seen worse. So I'm not. I'm not concerned about Razor one bit. Do you think he'll take it out on Brett Murray? No, I think he'll take it out on Joe Pinter for talking to him and distracting him while the play is going on. Hmm. I have a feeling we haven't seen or heard the last of this incident. Well, and it's I think lingering we, we should effects. we should keep replaying it over and over and over again. Yes. Ah, <sighs> one word. Hmm. How about? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Miko Rantanen calling out Arturi Lekkonen's yeah. dad <laughs> for some comments made on Finnish TV <clears throat> about uh, Rantanen's alleged slump. Um, yeah, I think that was sarcasm at its best. They're, 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 I think it was. Oh, I really Rantanen think it was really ticked. Oh, well, I, they're yeah. teammates, right? I mean, they are teammates. Yeah. Arturi Lekkonen and, and Rantanen are teammates. And then I don't know if, I don't know if the comments were made seriously, like with in, in all seriousness back home. I think it may have been a bit of a joke back home. And then I think he went bicky back. I don't know. That's the way I, I felt about it. <laughs> Uh, I'd love to get into suspension talk, but uh, we're running. Oh, how about one word on Otani's contract? Backloaded. (laughs) Yes, we'll see you tomorrow. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.